Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Bulldog fans everywhere. Uh, we're back once again here on these, you know, nice dandy summer editions of the Maroon Mike. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. And uh, yeah, as, you know, promised, we're back another week of the Maroon Mike. Uh, some fun stuff to talk about. We'll get into a little bit of some of recruiting news, including uh, some news per the last, like, you know, half hour. Uh, that we might have that you might have run across already, so that'll be good stuff. And just gonna try to keep you know turning out these episodes, fun episodes during the uh, during the summer until we start like really getting into the nitty gritty of football season. And uh, speaking of football, today is going to be a primarily football focused episode. Gonna be a lot of fun. I think y'all will like. Uh, I think y'all will like what we have for today. We are going to, and actually, you know what? I'm going to let Andrew describe what we're going to do, and then once you tell, just tell what we're going to do uh, for this episode, and then we'll talk about the news and then get into it. Okay, we'll break down the details of this when it, like specifically when it comes in. But we are going to be doing an MSU football draft, where we're going to take players uh, mostly from the past decade plus, with some exceptions here or there, and build out kind of a seven on seven team. Uh, seven offensive players, seven defensive players, um, and try to select some all-time great Bulldogs. Obviously, we've had this past, you know, 12-year run has been an all-time great run for MSU football, and with that has been a lot of great players. It also coincides with kind of the time frame that me and Colton have actually been following Mississippi State football closely because we are both young people. Um, so, obviously, we can, talk, we can speak on it a bit more, and we wanted to put together – I don't know. Like it's one of those off-season type shows uh, where you're looking for something fun to talk about, and I've always thought this would be a fun discussion. Who can field like between a draft? Who can ultimately put out the best team between the two? Um, I- I'm looking forward to it. This should. Be, I think this might be the most fun show that we've we've done. Yeah, and it's going to depend. Like you know, who's are you going to pick players based on how they did in the NFL, how they did in college? Or should we pick players based on uh, who's most fun to talk about, um, you know, maybe your last two or three draft picks is just uh, if you were between two players, you pick the one you just remember the most fondly because we have different opinions and different conceptions in our head about all these players. So it is interesting to see how that goes. Uh, before we get into that, though, we wanted to talk about uh, a football commitment that we got last weekend. Um, Nakai Poole, who is a receiver, that is going to be called the wrong first or last name at least 200 times uh, before the end <laughs> of his first year due to, you know, of course, almost the exact same name as Makai Polk. But yeah, Nakai people were asking, how are we going to replace Makai Polk? We, we get Nakai Polk. The exact Polk. same player. It's like, it's or like the same also, name. We're also, I think we're recruiting Makai Polk's brother, but I think he's a junior. Uh, okay. So that too, you're going to, you could, it could get really confusing, but Makai, uh, Nakai, I just did it right there. Nakai Poole. 6'3", 205 pounds. You like to see that. That's a good size. He's got good speed, too. He runs – he's a, he's doesn't have an official time, but he's around a 4'8 range, which isn't just blazing fast. But he's still a junior, and that was – and I believe that time was actually measured even long longer than ago than that. Or he's a, he's coming out of his junior year, about to be a senior. Um, out of Norcross, Georgia, that's a place with, you know, lots of good football over there. Uh, that's that's kind of the – those one of those bigger schools instead of Georgia that's playing – on that same level as, you know, five, six, seven, eight type schools. He averaged 19 yards per catch 
so far in his high school career. Uh, he had 703 yards and 11 touchdowns in 12 games last year. He's got offers, you know, from Ole Miss, Auburn, Michigan State, Virginia Tech, Virginia Wake Forest, Cincinnati, LSU, Boston College, Kansas State, Louisville, a whole bunch more. So very big pickup, an out-of-state receiver. Uh, you expect Mississippi State to pick up at least four, maybe five receivers. And in-state-wise, you know, as far as athletes go and defensive players go, you're really strong. But offensive skill players is a little bit softer uh, in-state this year. There's only maybe one or two uh, at each position that you would really love. So it's good to be able to go out of state and get a guy like that. Yeah, and, and I mean, one of the guys in state who state was targeting as a receiver was Braylon Hubbard, who, of course, just committed to Alabama as a safety. So and I don't know how high up he was on state's list as an actual receiver target. But, of course, that that was one of your options as a wide receiver that you, you're going to miss out on, which, I mean, what, what can you say? The kid was offered by Alabama. You can't blame him. But uh, Nakai Poole, big-time pickup. When word of this started to get out, like if you were on the message boards, there was a lot of hinting that this was going to be a – bigger signee I will admit I was thinking like oh what four star did we get um I was getting a little excited he is a three star but I mean he's he, a good he, rate he, he four stars offer sheet though I mean things are, I, I that's you feel like this kid probably is going to get bumped up at some point when you look at the well I say that he committed to Mississippi State so I'm sure he'll stay right where he's at but I mean you mentioned Auburn Michigan State LSU has an offer on there uh, Utah was another notable program Ole Miss gave him an offer a lot of big time programs coming after him. Um, obviously, wide receiving recruiting, wide receiver recruiting is going to be one of the big things for a Mike Leach team. It's about getting a lot of speedy, shifty receivers who can make plays in space. Um, and so, look, thus far, the Leach, the receiver recruiter, the res I cannot talk. The wide receiver recruiting has been very good, and this feels like the type of pick that's going to continue that. So, really big pickup for an issue. And uh, switching gears here to baseball, this is in the last hour. Um, I'm excited about this. I'm thrilled. I think this actually fills one of your needs for the baseball team. Amani Larry, he is a former ECCC, East Central Community College, Warrior, uh, not the East Mississippi Lions, to be don't get them confused. Former Warrior, he – Played this past year at New Orleans. His name is Amani Larry. Amani Larry is a middle infielder. So there you go. That if you're looking for your next Scotty DeBrule, RJ Yeager, uh, or uh, this guy, your next Amani Larry, I guess. Coming from those schools, like you know, you got Jacksonville, Mercer, New Orleans. This is the same level kind of a program, same type of production. He batted 370 uh, with nine home runs last year and fielded 987 in the middle infield. So, so right now, that's your second baseman next year. You could go. You might as well go ahead and book it, unless something crazy happens. I do think you have a junior college bounce back guy that could also play that position. But it, it's it, this is who I would bet. He was the newcomer of the year uh, and was first team All Conference. So again, you're just picking off the best guys off of some of these Group of Five teams. And I saw, you know, to kind of piggybacking off off uh, what Steve Robertson was saying the last uh, his last uh, boneyard. People are kind of panicking that we've only had three transfers so far for baseball and that none of them are Power 5 guys. Guys, LSU has three Power 5 guys, one of which might be uh, – is probably headed to the draft. I think South Carolina has six, and three of them are from Clemson, but their Clemson's program is imploding, and, and South Carolina's poised to, you know, capitalize on that because they're right there. Kentucky has four, no group of five guys, and nobody has else has, like, four. I mean, we are right there with everybody else. 
I wouldn't say anybody's doing better than us. Tennessee has one. Florida has two. Ole Miss has one. Arkansas has one. Transfer portal commitment as of, you know, a couple days ago at least. So to have four guys, uh, you, you add this to Colton Ledbetter, Landon Gartman, Nate Dome. Apparently it's Dome and not Dom. Um, these are all guys, except for with the exception of Dom, who were dominant in their respective leagues on their respective teams. Just just like the RJ Yeagers, just like the Michael Turner, if you're thinking about uh, uh, Arkansas, that makes those that, that jump to the SEC level and is able to really prove it. Again, you had a first team all second baseman out of Mercer last year. This is the same kind of thing. As far as in fact, as far as average goes, he's a better hitter than RJ was at uh, Mercer. So this is good stuff. Really excited about it. And I really think that um, this is what you got to do to make the next take the next step. You're still waiting on some pitchers. You're waiting on apparently Paul Skeens or Skines uh, from Air Force. If you get that one, I think you're really sitting pretty for next year. That is a incalculably valuable player for Mississippi State. He could be as far as ability to hit, catch, and pitch. You know, six seven innings a game. He's going to be fantastic if we can get him on campus. And then you're looking, you know, maybe three or four more additions. But uh, that's the baseball transfer portal. You don't, you're not used to, you know, this is only the second or third year when baseball recruiting, especially right after the season's over, an odd time. But baseball recruiting is kind of everybody's at the front of everybody's mind. But it is now with how the transfer portal works and NIL. That's just kind of the way of the world these days. Kind of odd. New times. Five years ago, you'd have never thought that we'd all be focused on baseball recruiting more than anything in June and July. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much to add there. <laughs> I've, time to time to get on with the the fun stuff. We're gonna do all right. We got to decide. You know, we're gonna do this draft. Let's just. Did you you named it like everybody we're drafting, right? Or we're gonna we're gonna do the positions. Let's explain what. Yeah, position we, we, we haven't done the breakdown of like so, and we haven't picked our draft order yet. We don't know. And I do say, I mean, we got. I know it's only on. two p- picks, but I would. I do you think we should do state draft, even though it's only two people, or is that even worth it? No, don't do this. Mm. It's not worth doing a snake draft with only two people. Um, Depends on whatever's less confusing. Uh, How about this? You know, we did the throwback thing. Well, we haven't thrown that in there yet. I have to explain that part. We'll explain that, but I'll I'll explain something that will go with it. You you go ahead. All right, so the big things for this draft. Obviously, we're drafting players from 2010 through present with the massive exception – that you cannot take Dak Prescott. I know that kind of like is a little bit of a buzzkill because everybody loves Dak, but the problem is he is far and away the greatest player in Mississippi State football history, far and away the greatest quarterback in history. There's no one else who he becomes close to comparing to him. Taking Dak would just be way too easy. So we're limiting it to like you're going to have to build skill set, like find a quarterback who well, – go ahead. I said, well, also, if we're going to ask the fans or the listeners to, to vote on which team, they they would just pick the team that had Dak on. Exactly. Whoever had Dak would immediately win. That's way too easy to do. So uh, you can't take Dak. It's going to lead to a little bit more strategy. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of overall uh, – well, the other little stipulation here, you do get one throwback player per side. So any of the positions that you want uh, – you can take a player from any era of MSU football. So all-time great players from history that, like, you normally uh, – who, you know, would 
otherwise would not be a part of the past, you know, decade plus. If you want to throw that guy in there, you can. Um, and obviously, I'm sure some of you are thinking of some of the notable names there from guys not from the past decade. So the overall split, I mentioned it's seven on seven. You get one quarterback, one running back, two receivers, a flex, so you could take any offensive skill position. Uh, so a running back, wide receiver. And I guess if you wanted to take a tight end, I guess you could, but it's not like our history at tight end is particularly uh, impressive. Um, one interior offensive lineman, one one offensive tackle. So we're not going big on the lines. Obviously, MSU's produced a ton of great linemen, but it's more, you know, obviously we don't want to go full 11 on 11. That would just be a bit too much to do. On the defensive side, one interior defensive lineman, one edge rusher. This is a little disappointing because you would like to, you know, obviously MSU's strength has been its defensive line over the years. But I, I, we think I, I like forcing us – I, I kind of also just am interested to see who doesn't get on this team because that you could have a, a, a an all pro NFL. Oh, there will be a ton of players who don't get on from the defensive line. But the reason we chose to only go with two is like we only have two offensive linemen, so we figure we should only get two defensive linemen. So one interior lineman, uh, one pass rusher. Then you have two linebackers, a cornerback, a safety, and then a defensive flex. So if you want to take another DB, if you want to take another linebacker, that's up to you. Um, so, again, drafting players 2010 to present, you get one throwback player per side, so you can take an all-time great player from any era. Both You get one for your offense, one for your defense, and then you cannot take Dak Prescott as your quarterback because that would just be way too easy. So what was the one little thing you wanted to add? Well, I wanted to add, so whoever we'll, – uh, we'll just flip a coin. Whoever gets to pick first, the other person gets to pick the first throwback player. So – you get first choice okay. at every player back then. And that's not quite the advantage of the first pick, but it's better than – I mean, you lost the coin toss, so what more can you get? That actually made me think because, like, we kind of know who's going number one overall because we kind of talked about this. So whoever wins is probably getting that player. But I was thinking if once that player goes, the first player I was taking was a throwback player. So, assume, like, assuming you got the guy who's going to go number one overall. So well, how do we want to do this? Uh, we're gonna so, do a I mean, I, I actually – you might have uh, you might have just maybe tweaked my order. No, I'm kidding. That's fine. Right. I, I don't. <laughs> a little inside. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Siri to flip a coin because I don't have one with me. Okay. Do you want heads or tails? Tails never fails. Siri, flip a coin. Oh, I was hoping it'd read it to y'all. I'm gonna. Let you... It's heads. I'm showing it to Andrew. God, that, that is that's great. All yeah. right. So uh. Uh, let's go. I'm excited. This is going to be kind of fun. So, 14 rounds. That player that y'all were uh, talking about, or that we, me and Andrew were talking about, is the one, the only Jeffrey Simmons. That is my first team, uh, my first, number one draft pick. I guess I need to have another sheet written down somewhere where I could write down my, my picks because I've got two open right now, or I've got one open right now. Write down my picks. Jeffrey Simmons is number one for me. Obvious reasons. Uh, it's a guy who was probably the second or third overall pick if he hadn't torn his ACL. Still went 19th. Um, he's torn up. He's absolutely dominated uh, the National Football League. Actually went up against Matthew Stafford in the Los Angeles Rams uh, last season and made Aaron Donald look pedestrian just by how well he played that game. So I think, you know, he is the Aaron Donald of the next three or four years. At least the, 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 the he's at least the Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones of the next three or four years in the NFL. 
Uh, so that goes all goes without saying what he did here. I think he's a part of the best defense in school history, one of the best defenses in NCAA history, and no doubt the most wasted defense in NCAA history. Uh, can't, how do you go eight and five with that team? I don't know. But so Jeff Simmons is my pick. All right, I was typing it, typing it down. Uh, so I have both everybody's picks. All right, well in that case, I do get the first throwback player then, and I'm going to go ahead and use it. Um, first throwback player off the board, so my offensive player Eric Moult. It's I, I could. He is the best receiver in MSU history, the most dominant receiver in Mississippi State history. Um, in terms of NFL careers, we've State's NFL history with receivers sucks, and he's the only – but he not only was did he have a long career, it was a great career in the NFL. Um, it's You can argue that wide receivers might be the second most important position in football, at least in the modern game, the way football is played today. Uh, so taking a guy like Eric Moulds, I feel like you have to have that um, – If you kind of just want to have that for your offense. So, yeah, give me Eric Moulds, and that is my throwback player off the board. All right, so we're getting. I'm gonna. I'm writing yours down too. I don't. I don't know if I use the best format for writing things down. So I'm not my, using any format either. My uh, we're gonna go with my number. My number two pick it was gonna be my number one pick, and then you just let it slip that you uh were gonna take a throwback player. So I. That's fine. That's a. A uh, little bit of a uh, – I guess I'm cheating, but – I don't two, care. That's okay. My number two player is Charles Cross. Charles Cross, one of the uh, – undoubtedly one of the most important positions in football um, is at left tackle. You know, everybody's seen The Blind Side. It's a terrible movie, but we've all seen it. Uh, the whole analogy with the insurance and the mortgage or whatever, it's cute, whatever. But it, to an extent it is true, even though it's a terrible movie. Um Charles Cross is uh, the most dominant offensive lineman we've had in my lifetime. And, I mean, well, I guess you could argue Porkchop Womack, but really I, I think Charles Cross is probably a step better. A little bit iffy because, you know, he didn't have to run, do a lot of run blocking early, uh, late in his career, but I still think that he's got that ability. Uh, he, w- he wasn't drafted ninth overall this year for nothing. Yeah. Uh, obviously one of the best – offense tackles in MSU history, playing in the offense that he did to basically never give up a pressure is incredibly impressive. Um, that's fine for me because the next lineman I was going to uh, – Charles Cross probably should have been one, like 1-1 one, one for offensive linemen, but that made like the number two pick very, very clear for me, and he might be the best pick overall, actually. I'm taking Eldon Jenkins as my interior offensive lineman. Uh, guy actually played all three positions at MSU. Um, started off at, like his career as a tackle, moved before moving inside to guard. He was a center at one point. Now, obviously, he's a center in the NFL, um, and a great player at that. Uh, got to have a big time player on your offensive line to bolster things up. And obviously, yes, I'm taking as an interior lineman, which is incredibly important. But a guy who has the ability to play all positions that is, leads to even more value. So, yeah, Eldon Jenkins is my second pick. All right, and I'm. I'm trying to think here. I've got my picks out here, man. And one of these picks, this pick that I, I could go this in one way, one of two ways. I could pick the best player available in my eyes. Or I could pick a player whose position is valuable, who's definitely not worth this pick, but it would all might prevent you from picking him in the future. <laughs> think I'm going to go old school and, and just do it straight up. I've, I've got to go with back to defense with Montez Sweat. Uh, it's a guy 
probably the most athletic defensive lineman, the most athletic pass rusher in school history. The dude broke – I mean, he's the fastest defensive lineman in, in NFL combine history, so I feel comfortable saying that. And that's, that's all you need to say about that. The guy had ten and a half sacks in 2017, didn't have his first one till his fifth game of the season and finished with ten and a half. That's insane. Uh, he had a world of quarterback hurries, probably led the country before then. So that's where I'm going with for uh, my third pick. Yeah, I probably like that's you've got three first rounders so far in your first three picks. Uh, That's not great for me. It's like the best pass rushing duo in MSU history. Um, I said, like, I was willing to wait on defensive line because there's so many options. Uh, There's more. I I, I thought there's a bunch of options there, and there is. There's more interior options than 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 pass rushers, as believe it or not. And I didn't realize it until I started looking at looking stuff up. Right. Well, so here's the thing, though. What, what is helpful here, like, because some of the picks you've made, obviously, like, we can't take flex for the offensive line and defensive line. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just allows me to wait because, like, I know the – like, I got my big board, like, obviously, Sweat, Simmons and Sweat were there, but I only had two other options for both the edge and the interior. So I know who my guys are, but you can't take them either. So I'm going to pass on those. What am I going to take as my next pick? It needs to be something like – Yeah, that's, that that's the thing here. I just realized, like, now that you've taken an interior offensive lineman, that's going to be – that's down to the like, my last pick. Like, I won't take them until the end of the draft. Right. That, that That is the one thing here with only two players or two guys drafting is that it becomes very clear which way you're going to go. That's <sighs> kind of fun. It, it means I have, to, I have to adjust it as it goes. So, like, I, I, I'm not taking an interior offensive lineman the rest of the game, the rest of the draft to the very end. Right. I'm trying to think which way I want to go here. Um, ooh. I'm thinking like this is tough because I'm trying to th- I'm trying to pick between two guys because I'm thinking I'm gonna go ahead and use my other throwback pick uh, on defense, obviously. Yeah, so you get it I was about to say we get an offense and a defensive one. Yes, you get one on both sides. Okay. Let me look at something real quick. Both of yours, well, you do both of your throwbacks before me instead of not having the number one pick. That's fine. Yeah. That, uh, all right. I'm at, yeah. Let me get another first round pick here. I'm taking Walt Harris um, at corner. I feel like he gets under overlooked because everybody remembers Fred Smith. Like, that's maybe one of the most popular players in school history. And obviously, you know, you have Jonathan Banks, who won the Thorpe Award, even though his NFL career didn't go great. You have Darius Slay, who's killing it in the NFL right now. Like, these are names I expect to hear taken off the board eventually. Um, Walt Harris, kind of quietly, though, he got his first round pick, went to a couple Pro Bowls, um, was a really, really good player for several, many years in the NFL. Uh, was he not also a returner, too? I couldn't tell you. Probably. I can't remember. Anyway, obviously I don't remember. I'm talking about a guy who's played drafted before I was born. But I feel really good about that as my pick. And, look, secondary, obviously, in in, for, in, college, in football is an incredibly important position. Since I know who my defensive linemen are, I feel really good about that pick. So, yeah, Walt Harris is my throwback player on the defensive side of the ball and my third pick overall. All right. So, uh. I might even be throwing you a bone with this pick 
because I have a feeling that you would stay away from him, but I'm, I'm doing it for a reason. This is my flex offensive player. Now you're thinking like, why would you take a flex player like so high? Because you know that's a tight end or like a or like a backup running back or whatever. My flex doesn't have to be a backup, huh? It doesn't have to be a backup. You get five skill players on the field at once. We're only talking about four total here, so he'd be on the field theoretically. All right. Well, he, he's going to be on the field, and it's Nick Fitzgerald. I'm taking the quarterback. To- uh, hold up. I, I might. I might push back against that. Why? I feel like. I'm not trying to crush creativity here. Why? I feel like it has to be a receiver. Like, he played in, in the in the whatever XFL. Okay, oh, we should we should have laid a ground rule here. And I know it's like I'm a Saints fan, so like I have Taysom Hill. Yeah, that's what I'm basing this on. Like. And I'm not saying this, like, I, I will be completely honest. I don't know if, like, I would take Fitz. I don't know if, like, he, he would definitely be my option, but not to give stuff away. So, I won't I, – I feel like you need to take, like, an actual – I may push back against that. If you want to have him on your team, I'll, I'm all for it. But – He will not be my quarterback. He will be my flex. I'm not drafting him otherwise. I feel this almost makes me want to go and like we have to pull like we don't have time to poll viewers. This is an acceptable <laughs> uh, selection. It's like here's the thing. It, it's I'm not hating on it because it's like okay, I, it would date me another spot. It just feels odd. I mean, were you going to draft him as your quarterback? Potentially, I, I'm kind of fifty fifty on QBs. I'm not like. I'm not going to be mad if you take him, but okay. then just—I mean, there's, there's, there's better. I could do. I, I feel like there's better it. options. Oh, there's better <laughs> options, but, but not more it, versatile options. I don't think. That's the that's where I'm going with that because I think my team's going to be good either way. Is so I could I could put a better football player there easily. So I don't know if you even want me to do that, but I'm, my my thought thought process is he can do a little bit of everything. He can throw, he can catch, he could run. I the like the biggest reason I'm pushing back is like he was a quarterback in Mississippi State. Yeah, like, and like that was his position. Well, you're thinking of it in fantasy football terms. I'm I'm thinking of this in in this. Well, in fantasy football terms, I started Taysom Hill like when he got to start at quarterback a few years ago. And I was able to get like twenty plus points out of my tight end that I normally wouldn't have had. Uh, See, there, that that's fun. what I'm doing. But just call it. I think we should do it. Come on, don't don't hate fun. All right, fine. I'll let you do it. Yeah, your turn. Obviously. Well, I'm typing it in. I'm typing Nick Fitz WTF. <laughs> um. All right. I guess the problem there is you kind of pigeonholed me in that I kind of have to take my quarterback now. You don't have to take my quarterback now. Well, the options are limited, and I know who I want. So, I, yeah. I'll, this I'll, is kind of, I've, I've, I've profited off of your divulgences already. I'll go ahead and tell you. You're not going to – I'm not going to pick the quarterback that you're going to pick. I – 
That's your throw. It's your throwback pick, isn't it? I think I know who you're taking. It's not my throwback pick. My throwback picks are going to be last because you've already used yours, but mine uh, are close to last. But I, uh, it's not my throwback pick. All right, I'll I'll hold off, and in case you take the guy I'm taking, then I've got a decent option behind him. But I actually like, okay, um, you can go take John Bond. I'm not. I well, I can't. I already have my throwback. Okay, I, I thought that's what you were talking about. You can't. Which that would be something with John Bond and Nick Fitzgerald on the same field at the same time. Uh. Let's go linebacker uh, with one of those picks, build up this defense some more. And guy who was just a really dominant force for MSU across the middle of the field, uh, Bernard McKinney. Dang it. That's what's going to take. B-Mac. <laughs> that was my next pick. I, I, I need to get BMAC on the – good thing I, I stole one back from you there. Um, Bernard McKinney was just a, a great player for MSU, um, really good as a pass rusher from that middle linebacker spot. Uh, wore one of the most intimidating face masks of all time um, in that 2014 season and has been able to make a little bit of a career in the NFL. So, yeah, uh, I'll take Menard McKinney as uh, one of my linebackers. All right. Well, this completely throws a wrench in my uh, draft order because I was going to pick this guy on down the list. But I am going to stick with linebacker also. I'm going to go ahead and take K.J. Wright. Uh, K.J. did play in 2010. I don't know if he played 2011 off the top of my head, but I just checked 2010 just to make sure. Uh, he's with the Raiders now, still playing productive football. He has been on all pro teams and on Pro Bowl teams uh, uh, more years than not, I think. Uh, up in Seattle, was part of that Legion of Boom defense. He's a Super Bowl champion. And he was very, very productive while he was here. So, K.J. Wright is my one. Two, uh, it'd be your sixth pick. Wait. One, two, no, fifth. Yeah, sorry. I was I was I was looking at the wrong thing. No, that's a really good pick. KJ, really good player. It's weird. When we were discussing this idea the other night, I was thinking about KJ Wright, obviously being on my board. I totally forgot to put him down. I didn't I uh, forgot to put it. I was about to take uh I had like two or three guys ahead of him at first, and I was like, wait a minute. Duh. <laughs> right. It took a second. He's I Something mean that's kind of how he's been in the NFL and in Mississippi. He, he's he, an overlooked guy. Consistently. He, he tweets about Mississippi State. He loves Mississippi State. He doesn't, you know, he, he's up, he's front and center. He comes back to Starkville sometimes. Uh, he's a productive player in the NFL. He gets overlooked for everything, though. I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it is weird. Um, I'm wondering which way I want to go here now. Hmm. I'm going to hold off on one of the positions because – I actually have an underrated guy that I kind of want to take, and I think I can wait on him. So I think for my uh, – I'm going to go ahead and take my defensive flex, and I'm going to put another DB out there on the field, and I'm going to take another corner. I mean, I feel like – I understand the NFL career didn't work out. i got to take Jonathan Banks. He's mm-hmm. the only Thorpe Award winner in school history. He was excellent as a return man when he had those opportunities. Obviously, I mean, and he showed that off also with you know, the interception returns. And obviously, I'm playing him as a defensive flex. He started his career as a safety before moving over to, like, that starting corner spot. Um, mm-hmm. I think tied for the career lead in interceptions at Mississippi State. So, yeah, Jonathan Banks is my defensive flex. Uh, I think I, I'm really confident with him there, playing whether it's corner, playing safety, whatever. Okay. And Walt Harris is your corner, right? Yes. Walt Harris is my corner. Jonathan Banks is my defensive flex. 
Okay, so that means I don't have to take a cornerback until a cornerback until the end. Yeah, I'm I done with do that anyway. I wasn't going to do that anyway because you couldn't take Banks and Slay. Uh, but I, I mean, now I, I'm just upset that I don't get the choice between those two. <laughs> so, yeah, plot twist about or spoiler alert about the end of this draft. Yeah, I got. I'm going back to offense though. You're right about receivers. Uh, I've got it. You got to give me Chad Bumpus. Uh, okay. Need one of the uh, one of the better receivers in in school history. Uh, it was either him. You know, there's probably one or two others that I could have put. To be honest, you know, in, in terms of career stats, uh, you've got the best three or four guys in the last ten years, I think, in school history. Not named Eric Mould, so you've already picked as your as your throwback guy. You got that one guy in the '90s, and then I don't think anybody else. Bet before or since Eric Molds uh, was comparable until 2010. That I off the top of my head. So I'm going to go with Chad Bumpus. I know, and I'm, I'm people are going to be mad. Older fans are going to be mad that I don't. I say older fans. This is the 2000s. I can't think of his name there, but I've looked at like numbers before. There was a receiver in the 2000s, like like mid 2000s, like at a time where obviously the offense was horrendous every year, who actually put up good numbers. If there was one guy. Who uh, was like a go-to guy that was receiving? I'm sorry, I'm not think I can't think of the name right now. That's a good pick. Um, I, I, yeah, I like that. Uh, I feel like going with another receiver is a smart move here. And guy, maybe one of my favorite players of all time. I've already got the big body receiver in Molds, who's the guy who can use you know stretch stretch you vertically, take the top off. I need a good possession receiver, and I love me some Fred Ross. So mm-hmm. Fred Ross be my next wide receiver uh finished his career as the all-time leader in receptions at msu and i think yards as well uh which he might still have the yards record it's just that's those are going to go away pretty soon i'm sure uh but fred ross was a really good player for msu he was really the only go-to guy that was left in 2016 um had a big season that year uh hauled in 12 touchdowns over 900 yards he, he became a favorite target of Dak. Uh, I like Fred Ross a lot. Also, Fred Ross got involved in some trick plays and had a couple touchdown passes in his career. So, uh, that's right, left-handed. You don't. You're uh, not expecting the wide receiver pass when they reverse it to the left. Absolutely, not expecting sure. it. I like it. I, I was not expecting it the first time. I think the first time he, South Carolina, 2016, might have been the first time it was ran. They they would use him as like a motion receiver. Uh, on some like a few like they ran some reverses with him uh, before that, but I remember that South Carolina game. He had a touchdown pass to Donald Gray. Uh, was the guy that was on the receiving end? I think might have game. Modest. If we were picking a full team, Donald Gray would probably get picked. I think maybe I've got a I've got a few guys ahead of him. Eight? Do we have? Is there seven better or eight better? Because we'd have four and four. There. Well, okay. What you? I think it's what you what you might be forgetting is the guys on the roster right now. Yeah, well, I'd probably pick. I know there's only two on the roster right now. Or, yeah, I'd, I, there's only one on the roster right now. I mean, I'd say like there's not there's not one I'm taking from the current roster. Um, but you know, okay. Uh, so, what's so your now next pick? I just picked Bumpus, and I got to get this. It's time for me to. This is tough, man. I'm going to take my safety. Going to take my safety. And this sucks uh, because it leaves off 
two players that I really want to talk about, Corey Broomfield and especially Nico Whitley. I, I wish I could have picked Nico Whitley. I am so mad that I didn't – well, I guess I – okay. You can pick Nico Whitley, but – I can. But you cannot pick Jonathan April. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's the obvious one. So, uh, I had to I had to go ahead and get – some again, trying to just get somebody it, – it, it's tough. You have to – once you've made a, a pick at a position – I mean, you picked your two receivers. I don't have to pick another receiver. I won't pick one until the end. You do have another flex for DB if you wanted to use that for another. Oh, I'm going. Oh, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have to pick. I, I can pick save those at the end, though, because you don't have a throwback pick or uh, a defensive. I have pick. a safety pick left. You have a safety, but you have to take it. So we, rules are rules. You have to take a safety, right? Yeah, no, I'm taking a safety. So my the rest of my defensive picks or my defensive picks except for one linebacker or I have to beat you for one linebacker, but the rest I don't have to worry about. Right. Okay. And you just pigeonholed me in by bringing up Nico Whitley. I have to take Nico Whitley. I love <laughs> Nico Whitley. I love he's one him. of my favorite one of my favorite players. Dude's a rapper. As like big time hard hitting guy. He peed in the Georgia hedges. He had an, an incredible game. One of my favorite MSU games of all time is the 2013 Egg Bowl. And Nico Whitley had that game. Just what was that? I froze to death at that game. I, I was watching it in uh, my, my bedroom on a small TV. Um, he's one of my all time favorite Bulldogs. He had, a, he, had a, he had an incredible performance in that game. I would pay big money to know what he said to Bo Wallace. Oh my afterward. God. I, I, would, I would want nothing more. It, it does disappoint me a little bit because there is a guy I, I was who was a really underrated player that I if you took Abram actually I was going to take him over Abram honestly just to take you know, change it up a little bit um, we and we can discuss some of the guys who went undrafted later on afterwards yeah uh, but you you saying Whitley you reminded me and that one of my favorite Bulldogs I couldn't let him go undrafted or at least from me were you going to take Broomfield no no. Okay, so we'll talk about that later then. All right, so now let's see. So you – I get. I got to take a running back at some point. I got to take a running back. No, I can't. Because Nick is my flex, so I can't take this running back as a flex. So now – so you can pick linebackers. Yes. Hmm. This is where it gets tricky. I have to decide if I want to take a take a flex at linebacker or cornerback. I'm gonna have to take him at cornerback, which means I can't I can't take that linebacker. So now I'm picking a linebacker because that's what you have left. So I need to go ahead and take one. All right, I got to do it. I have to take. I, I didn't even want to do this. I, he was off my board, but I, I'm left with no choice because. As far as defensive players that I either haven't picked or you have or you haven't picked, there's only one position left, and that's linebacker. I was thought about Willie Gay. I thought about Richie Brown. I thought about a lot of guys, but ultimately was Brown. But ultimately, I have to take Errol. Got to okay. take Errol Thompson. Um, not the most athletic player, but one of the smartest, best instincts, and best strong silent leaders and he did get a little bit more of a, a, ta- a speaking role I guess you could say later in his career 
uh, one of the best players all around that Mississippi State has ever had. It's criminal, criminal that he, you know, won't work out in the NFL. As far as I don't, th- I don't know if there's a more college, a better juxtaposition between how well somebody did in college versus their NFL pro- uh, future uh, in Mississippi State history than Errol Thompson. Yeah, Errol Thompson again. I mean, I've, I think I've said this for a few guys now, but definitely one of my all-time favorite Bulldogs. Guys just gave his all for MSU. Um, he was talking about he wanted to go on podcasts, and this was like several months ago. Like, we need to maybe check and see if it's something to still look into. Um, oh, oh, I, I <laughs> we can do that. Um, yeah, Errol Thompson, great pick. You do have a, a flex pick left on your defense. Oh, sorry, a throwback pick. I do, but um, uh, you can't you can't take it. So like I'm I'm gonna no I, I can't take it. Uh, yeah, that's it's, so I'm saying I that thought you, I thought you might use it at linebacker though because like I, I thought oh, I, you could you still have a flex you could unless you want to go double double up on a couple more DB you have to take a corner and then another DB so mm-hmm. that the guy that I'm thinking of could definitely go uh I and I guess because you theoretically could take a linebacker obviously I can't take a throwback player but uh, the guy I have in mind I mean. He's a controversial guy, but you brought him up. Willie Gay, in terms of overall athleticism, like I understand the way things played out at the end was tough, and, you know, he kind of made himself uh, not very likable to a lot of state fans with things at the end, but the guy's just a really freaking good linebacker. And when he he was on the field in 2019, the difference was massive in the way that defense played. He was just a really, really, really good player. And obviously, he's making a good career now in the NFL and is showing some of that playmaking ability. If you want him in coverage, if you want him as a pass rusher, as a run stopper, he's great at forcing turnovers. Uh, Willie Gay, uh, a linebacker duo of Bernard McKinney and Willie Gay, I, I, I'm not going to hate that. No, like you really can't go too much wrong. So now, is there a position where I'm not, where I'm, I'm struggling? I think I don't think you pick two receivers. You cannot pick my running back if that gives you a hint. Um. Oh yeah, I know who you're taking. Um, <laughs> it's a good pick. Although there is actually a couple only could do there, but the whatever. only if I'm doing this math correctly. So I haven't picked my flex yet, have I? Your defensive flex, no. Okay. But it so, couldn't impact me in any way because it has to be right. a, a back seven player. Right. So the only pick left that – the only pick left. Theoretically, if you took a receiver – quarterback or running back or receiver – because I haven't taken my offensive flex yet. Right, right, right. You haven't taken your offensive flex yet, so there's that's that's there's the key. So I might as well pick my receiver now because I told you you're I'm not gonna worry about my quarterback. So I'll pick my receiver now because I'm good on running back. You can take a quarterback if you want. It's up to you. It's your pick. Take whoever you want. I'm gonna take a receiver. Okay. And I love this. I, I, this is not who I'm taking. I love Makai Polk. Makai Polk is probably the opposite receiver to who I'm about to pick. Makai Polk was a great route runner, uh, was great was, was great at securing the catch, 
was great at finding the sticks. Runs yards pitch wasn't great. Um, size was pretty good. Athleticism was was okay. But give me the raw athletic basketball player, God rest his soul, that uh, was probably one of the best raw athletes we ever signed at Mississippi State. That's Bear Wilson. Darunia Wilson. Um, I feel awful. I mean, that that is probably the all-time worst situation. I, I'm convinced he probably got some really bad advice, elected to go to the draft early, didn't get drafted, and then ultimately, you know, as a regular common guy, was murdered at age of 25. Who knows if he had waited a year, finished out his degree, uh, got, uh, played another year of college football, maybe gotten drafted, if he'd still be alive. Like that – I hope whoever's responsible, you know, for helping him make that – when it was ultimately the wrong decision, is aware of the impact that they had on his life. And I'm not trying to cast blame or guilt on anybody, but that is – it's just a the, probably one of the saddest what-if stories in Mississippi State history. Yeah. Uh, Deronny Wilson, all-time great Bulldog. It's obviously terrible what happened there. and it, it does suck, you know, hindsight being 2020, the way things played out, that um, he was not able to – like, he, you know, he leaves school early. You know, it, the 40 time just haunted him, and he ends up going on draft. And it's kind of like – you almost wonder if he could have, you know, come back another year and maybe start working on, like, developing as a tight end. Like, maybe yeah. he could have had an opportunity there. Because, I mean, the one thing I'll say, like, quick aside here, if you were a Dan Mullen receiver, you knew how to block. Like, right. you had to block. Uh, you weren't going to – I mean, Jerome mean, Wilson threw the block that's that the last block that Dak needed to have that 70-yard touchdown in Baton Yes, route. he did. That's, yes, that's he did. That's kind so, of the lasting, the lasting image of Jerome Wilson. That and the – the third and 11 uh, touch, uh, touchdown for the first score of the game against Auburn. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you, you know, you always wonder what could have been, but, I mean, Guy was just a, a big-time go-to receiver, a part of so many massive plays in that run from – I mean, he, he had big plays in 2013 as a true freshman, but obviously in that 14 season and then some big plays in 2015. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great pick. And, like, your, your receiving core right here is, you know, Darundi Wilson on the outside, you have Chad Bumpus in the slot, and then whatever – the crap you're going to do with Nick Fitzgerald um, kind of playing a hybrid tight end. Um, I guess that leads me since I, I want to get him. My quarterback is going to be a guy that might get overlooked by people. Like maybe people would not expect it for this draft. I'm taking Will Rogers. Dude, Will Rogers I'm, is I was going to take him. And, I didn't think you'd take him. Oh no, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Will Rogers. Well, I'm glad I told you I told you I wouldn't pick a quarterback before you, so I'm glad I I did go with Bear instead of. You didn't have to do that if you would have taken him. And like, I would have taken like I know who I would have taken otherwise, and he would have been fine. Yeah, I have a hot take about Will Rogers, and I don't know if I've said it on this pod before or not because I often think about these things uh, to myself, so I keep I lose track of what I what I've actually said and what's still is locked up in my brain. But, like, as a passer, I know the arm is not the strongest thing in the world. Will Rogers is already as good as pretty much any, any MSU quarterback ever. And you could put him right up there with Dak Prescott as a passer. Obviously, when it comes to Dak, you're talking – like, and I'm talking senior Dak Prescott. Now, senior Dak, yes, he has more arm strength. He's more experienced as a college player. Uh, and, look, Dak was plenty accurate with the ball, and, like, his decision-making was all fantastic. But Will Rogers, as much as people want to talk about him being, you know, oh, he has a really weak arm and all that kind of stuff, go watch some of the throws that he's made and some of the windows that he's thrown into over these past couple of years. 
as much as people want to talk about the air raid being a dink and dunk and like, oh, it's no, it's a bunch of easy completions. And like, yeah, there are a lot of easy completions. There's also a lot of throws that you're putting in the ball into a super tight window and you have to be as accurate as possible to pull off that throw. And he's hit a lot of those on the money. He's overall smart with the football. He doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. No, the arm strength is nothing special, but he can get it downfield enough. And if I'm talking about having Will Rogers throwing the ball up to Eric Moulds and to Fred Ross, I feel really confident there. And the other thing here, because it, it's weird, because it, it, it's a big topic of discussion. I think Will's a better runner than people give him credit for, too. Mm-hmm. He has this reputation as like a guy who just – because he does stand in the pocket a lot as like not having any mobility, which is obviously a big discussion going forward for Mississippi State of like with you look at some of the quarterbacks that are being targeted. Um, are, are we going to see more of a, a mobile quarterback attack in this offense down the line? But the one thing I always go back to with Will, if you remember Joe Moorhead, because obviously he signed with Moorhead, what did Moorhead always say with his quarterbacks? I want to be able to beat them with their brain, beat them with their arm, and beat them with their legs. And I know Will Rogers, like you, like that was kind of like just the guy in the state outside of you know Luke Altmeyer, who you know went to Ole Miss. But Rogers has mobility, and you look at some of the plays he's made is like being able to extend plays. The guy can run, and when he has scrambled, he looks good as a runner. It's just he doesn't do it a lot. Um, but if I obviously and some of that is the, the constraints of the offense, and I think with what I was running, I would give him a little bit more freedom there. I think Will Rogers has enough mobility that he can scare you that way. I think he's an excellent passer. Yeah, the arm strength leaves some to be desired, but uh, I think Will Rogers is legit. Like he gets talked about just because he's in the system and he wasn't, a, you know, he wasn't known as like a super talented guy. I think he's legitimately making an argument for being the number two quarterback in program history. And not just because of numbers, because of actually how he performs on the field. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and take my quarterback now. I thought about, I, I was really good with either one. Uh, this guy I'm taking, I mean, you've probably already figured it out, uh, at least by the first sentence of my description. But injuries really dampened his uh, college career. I do think he is the best, at least out of high school, he was the best passer that Dan Mullen signed. And again. Injuries be, be you, you take away these injuries, he's probably you know up there in that you know top three quarterback level. Uh, and and the hot take is if he hadn't been injured, uh, Dak might have never been Dak. So you know, pick your poison there. Uh, but that's Tyler Russell. You know, I've got you know options at quarterback because I can always flex Nick Fitzgerald in there to take reps under center if I have to. Uh, I could run the Wildcat or something, but Tyler Russell, an athletic quarterback that can still uh, really got a big arm. That's the thing he has that Will Rogers doesn't have is the big arm. Maybe not quite as surgical with the passing, but but pretty close. Probably as good as threading needles and stuff as Dak was. Just not the the leader and the emotional uh, super glue that Dak was, and that's not a knock on Tyler Russell because he was, you know, as all quarterbacks are, a leader of the team. But just Dak was just something special. He's a once in a once in a generation type player. So, I, so Russell's my QB, and that, you know, maybe is a weak point of the team at this point, uh, if you look at me, because I was going to take Rodgers uh, and just kind of had that either one, like I had both extremes at quarterback. If I needed to, this was my plan with the flex. But uh, you did a good job with that pick. Yeah. Um, Tyler Russell would – I mean, obviously, that would have been the other option because, like, no offense to the guy, but I don't think anybody was going with Chris Ralph here. Um, and, like – 
Chris Welk I mean, would have been another would have been a good flex player, just like uh, Fitz. I mean, if he could have developed more, maybe Garrett Schrader could have become something. I I actually think Tommy Stevens' injuries hurt him too. Like I, this is a whole other aside, but you talk about you know what could have been. Part of me wonders if Tommy Stevens never gets hurt in that 2018 2019 season. Like if that. I know the defense ended up being the biggest thing because of how many, like when the players were there when they weren't because of the suspensions. But Tommy Stevens, I thought, was a really good quarterback when he was fully healthy and maybe could have been the guy to actually run that more head offense the way you wanted it to be C ran. Uh, right. But yeah, no, Tyler Ross is a good pick. Um, obviously, you have Nick Fitzgerald as your flex player. So kind of playing a Keaton Thompson role for talking throwback here. Uh, I say throwback. I mean, he, he was modern era. We were both in school for that. But um, I mean, that's what he's doing at Virginia. He's like, the dude's literally getting all ACC mentions as a receiver right now. So that's kind of what you're doing with Nick Fitzgerald, um, which is interesting considering the way their careers crossed up. I'm going to go with my other flex here. Uh, I, I'm at a point where, like, I can get – but the only – like, I can get every player I want because I know who you're taking at running back or I think I know who you're taking, and it doesn't really matter. Like, here – my my – mindset going into this was running back is going to be one of the last picks because there's so many good MSU running backs. It kind of doesn't matter. Um, I like there, there's a few guys who you'd put ahead, but I'm going to go with kind of an underrated flex guy here. And it's again, it's me taking a player that I just really loved. Give me Jamie on Lewis, Jamie on Lewis as my flex. Again, to, you know, I had a lot of choices with flex and receivers and I had to, make myself just not even count him because I already couldn't decide between Chad Bumpus, Bear Wilson, Makai Polk, uh, who else did I have on here? Fred Ross, which he did that, made that decision for me. I was like, I can't, I can't go, I can't think any further. If I'm going to take Nick at flex, I can't even include Jamie on in my board. Yeah. You want to talk of guy who talk about a guy being the ultimate flex that Jamie on Lewis was that player from Mississippi state. He threw like six touchdown pass, like four touch, I think four touchdown passes in his career. Three of them went to Dak, but he threw one to Jeremy Wilson against Texas AM. Um, he put up really good rushing numbers. They would use him a lot on jet sweeps. They would throw screens to him, run some option plays with him. Um, and as a receiver, he put up over 900 receiving yards in 2013. Um, had a massive season that year. Obviously, River set Liberty Bowl receiving records with over 220 yards in that game. He was Dak's go-to guy on that season, and even though he got got overshadowed in 2014, I mean, he caught the a silencer touchdown against LSU um, on that scramble play from Dak, where he kind of just got out the pocket that, and found. That's my Jim. favorite play from that game. Even though you have the big stiff arm and everything, that the the scramble, the scramble, and then Jamie on just standing alone. Uh, yeah, I, I like Jamie on Lewis a lot. If I was going to use somebody here, like I I could. I could line them up at quarterback if I wanted to get interesting and do some wildcat type stuff. Um, and I think, you know, with molds, obviously I, ha I have the big play, big body receiver. Fred Ross is sort of my go-to possession guy. And, and Fred Ross got used on some of those slot receiver trick plays that Jamie on was involved with, but obviously he's more of a true receiver. He wasn't as good with it. Jamie on Lewis is like a true scat back type guy who can yeah. play those roles. So he's one of those guys that you're just going to look to as, as a really deadly guy to have there as a slot receiver. So I, I like that. That'll be my pick there. All right. And now I think we're in ways where we cannot infringe upon each other's. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no. It, it, we're, uh, none of these picks the rest of the way are really going to matter. 
So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, get, I'm going to get both of my, uh, both of my throwbacks out of the way. My first one at, let's see here. What do I, do I have him as, I have him. Do as we want to just fill out our boards or do we want to go back and forth to finish back out? Back and forth. That's more fun. All right. Take, take your first throwback. My first defensive throwback is going to be my flex player. Uh, that's Fred Smoot. I'm going to take Smoot. Um, able to play uh, cornerback, you could. I mean, if you got to slide him to safety, you could. But basically, I'm just trying to go with star power and with and with ability here. Uh, one of the best players of all uh, in Mississippi State history. Uh, I think, aside from Jonathan Banks, who you took from me, uh, this is probably the best defensive back. I, I, I almost said in my memory, I, I wasn't around for Fred Smoot, but that I can recall, um, based on numbers and all. You know, I've seen the I've seen the old games. And I'm going to take Smoot, and then I still have a good pick at cornerback that I can put along with him. But you kind of you kind of hum, hamstrung me there on offensive flex because Willie Gay is the guy for your flex position right there. You know, uh, he could kind of do all do all of it. I, I like Willie Gay. I think you could you could send him after the passer. He showed good at that. He could cover. He can uh, stop the run. He was good at all those things. That's probably the textbook guy. But of course, uh, you got him for me. Yeah, I'm feeling really. I, I I don't know if I could be happier with my my defensive like like the back half of my defense. Um, feel re- really really good about that. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and I mean, while we're talking defense, I'll, I'll I'll make a pick here and take my interior defensive lineman. Maybe Fletcher Cox. Uh, before there was Jeff Simmons, there was Fletcher Cox, um, and the guys put together a Hall of Fame NFL career with the Eagles. Obviously, now has himself you know has himself a Super Bowl. Uh, has you know several Pro Bowls. At one point, was like the I think he might still have the high. No, Aaron Donald had to have broken that, but he had like the highest paid contract uh, for a defensive lineman. Um, and he was just a, a big force for Mississippi State during his time here, and was sort of the stud along that defensive line. First round draft pick. Uh, so yeah, I feel really good about taking Fletcher Cox and a true Mississippian, down home country boy, loves to hunt, loves to fish, uh, loves to work on drag cars, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I'll take Fletcher Cox. That's a good one. I'm, I'm putting in some, uh, some notes, some, I'm making sure I get all my positions here. Cause I labeled your positions and not mine. Yeah. Fletcher Cox, it's, it was crazy. This is the craziest thing about this whole thing. Chris Jones, not drafted. How? Yeah, it is crazy. And like, obviously if you, if we had taken more defensive linemen or if we had said that the flex could be a defensive lineman, Jones probably goes. The biggest thing with Chris Jones, and this is like the one thing that kind of stinks, is like his MSU career was never incredible. He had a few awesome games and would have an awesome play here or there. But it it wasn't one of those cases where like sometimes Jeff Simmons almost goes unnoticed because he was clogging up so much that it just like the other guys would take the shine. Like the thing with Chris Jones, and I'm not trying to bag on him or anything, but like there were questions about effort and intensity from time to time. Now, once he's gotten to the NFL, it's not a question. The guy brings it every single play, and that's why he's earned the big contract that he's gotten. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the entire NFL. Um, But I kind of feel like Chris Jones, like his highlight game was that 2013 Egg Bowl that I keep bringing up. And after that, I don't know if we ever saw that Chris Jones again. Because like as a true freshman, he was the best defensive lineman on the team. And then kind of just didn't didn't always live up to that the rest of the way. But, I mean, obviously he's still an incredible player. Uh, I mean, I think that what is the highest rated recruit we've ever signed or the second highest we've ever got signed. Um, um, I think there's like a – I, I literally heard it today, literally today. 
So I think he's second or third. He's he is a let's see, he's ahead of Simmons and Cross. So I think he's I think he's second. Yeah, and this is again us showing like not there. I think there's one player who like from like 2003 might have been number one. Trying to look up because my next player, I'm trying to see where he got drafted. He might remember. I know where he got drafted. I'm trying to see uh, what pick. Okay, I got it now. All right. <clears throat> so now I'm going to go with. Uh, well, this is <laughs> this is not the player I was just researching. I was, I was tri- triple checking on something else. But I'm going to go with my next throwback pick. That's going to be Booby Dixon. So running back, I've got one of the best of all to ever do it. Uh, a quarterback. You know, Tyler Russell is very competent. Nick Fitzgerald, as far as a rushing standpoint, you best ever do it. That's my flex player. You line that up beside Chad Bumpus and Bear Wilson and uh, with Charles Cross protecting. Of course, I still have an interior offensive lineman to pick. I really like this offense. Uh, so there's my, that's my one throwback player, Booby Dixon, of course. Missed this. He was eligible for this uh, draft. by uh, Missed it by one year. Uh, his senior year was 2009. That The play against Houston, I think, is the one that just stands out where he just – totally just rocked a couple players' lives, probably made them rethink uh, this whole football thing when he drugged them into the end zone like they were children. Uh, it was beautiful to see. It's kind of that welcome that welcome to SEC football moment for those guys. And uh, Even though Houston won that game. Huh? Even though Houston won that game. Well, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, it's really, really, really uh, cool play. And so I'll take Booby Dixon as my throwback player and as my running back. What's funny here is you and I talked beforehand and you asked about him. And I was like, well, you could take him as a throwback. I totally forgot. Like, I thought you were going with another another name, a guy who's going to go undrafted in this that we'll talk about uh, for sure. Oh, so that's um, not who you thought I was going to take until I said I completely blanked out on him. I'm, and like, I, wasn't, I, shouldn't. I, wasn't, I was confident I wasn't going to get him until – uh, let's see. There's something, some development in, amongst these first picks opened the window for me to get him instead of like a Vic Ballard or a, a Ladarius Perkins or Eris Williams. Yeah, no, I mean, he, I wasn't really going to wor- worry with taking uh, him. It's like for, for me, if like for my throwback, the, the answer was Eric Mould. And I actually, I had another backup ahead of him, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, sticking on the talk of running backs then, not a guy you listed. And again, I'm taking players who apparently are controversial. I'm taking Kylan Hill. Mm. And here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's who I, that, that's probably the best running back pick. If you're going to 2010s. I understand Mississippi State fans, have, like the way things ended with Kylan Hill, uh, he's become sort of a, a bit of an outcast for Mississippi State. A lot of fans just don't like him anymore. And look, I, I will say Kylan doesn't always help himself with some of the things he says on social media. Um, I don't care about that for this draft. I'm purely taking off of talent. And I think Kylan Hill is one of the most talented offensive players Mississippi State has ever had. When you like, he had power, he has speed, not, 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 not maybe not big time breakaway speed, but I mean, he showed it against LSU. He yeah, has that pass catching ability. Breakaway speed. Uh, which was about the only time, like, he had a lot of games where he would get caught, but that, like, that time he didn't. Because um, we were just tearing up LSU on that day. Which, speaking of, the pass catching ability he had was as good as almost any MSU running back we've had. Maybe not Ladar- like Ladarius Perkins would probably be the other guy in recent history. 
as a pass catcher. And like he was super underutilized. And then in the one offense that would have utilized it, he bumped head with the coaches and ends up, you know, ends up off the team. And I know, you know, seventh round draft pick gets injured and, before his and rookie I year. Say, like this is, comes almost from the horse's mouth. He regretted that behavior. He knows that he messed up. Yeah. He, um, he, well, because he'd he be making more to, money right now. Well, he, he, well, even that, like he wanted to, he was upset that he wasn't playing football in 2020 at the end of 2020 he wishes he had he could be undone and tried to undo it but coach stood firm on that which is a very mike leach thing that i know is you know creates its own controversy but look kylan hill is an incredibly talented player um i do think if he if he can work back from this injury it, it is like as a kick returner for the green bay for the green bay packers maybe that's kind of the role because they've had really good backfield in recent years um but I, I think he's got a chance to make it and kind of be a guy in the NFL for us at running back because it's crazy for as many great running backs as MSU has had over the years, not many of them have had, like, long-lasting NFL careers. I mean, Booby um, Dixon wasn't a pro bowl or anything, but he was in the league for a while. That's about it. And, but he was mostly playing – like he was like a fullback. Right. During his he, time he, in the he NFL. Was a, he was a short short yardage back. And he was he was a really good player. Like, and he got to go play in a Super Bowl. Um, but – uh. I think Kylan Hill, like, he gets – he's overlooked because of how, like, things ended. But, I mean, he was the offense in 2019 um, and probably would have broken Booby Dixon's rushing record for a single season had it not been for uh, his injury there in that, in that bowl game. Um, really, really good player. And, again, I mean, I'm playing with Will Rogers, so I, even though I talk about Rogers' mobility, clearly I'm slinging it around. I feel really good about throwing to Kylan Hill out of the backfield, throwing it up to Eric Roll, Eric Moulds, having Fred Ross go across the middle, and then using Jamie on Lewis as like that quick screen guy. I think this passing game is going to put up some really big numbers. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Thinking about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm I'm the power running team for sure. Yeah, you're gonna be. Which, which is I have Charles Cross. Which is which is why I was almost wondering if you would go all in and like go take John Bond as your quarterback, just fully like, or I guess you would have done that instead of taking Fitzgerald, like go all in on. Uh, well, the I wanted I, I wasn't gonna I wanted to get a premium running back, and as far as I'm also kind of thinking of you know what are the wh- who sticks out. Who's more fun? I mean, this is this is radio, right? I'm trying to get people to listen. Do people want to talk more? No, about that that, that was a big pick, or... and there's there's controversy there. I mean, you're an old, you're kind of an old school. Like your team is like spread offenses, or like not even spread offenses, like college football offenses. Before they decided, how about we just put the quarterback who can runs at quarterback, who the quarterback who can run? Why don't we just start him? Mm-hmm. And they would like have the change of pace guys. Uh, that's very interesting. Um, it, it's definitely going to get some reaction. Uh, All right. Yeah. So now I'm going to go with interior offensive linemen. I only have two players left. Uh, and I, there might be a better interior offensive lineman. But I, I, off the top of my head, you know, Gabe Jackson was senior year was 2009, right? His senior year was 2013. Okay. Was he, he wasn't uh, a tackle for us. He's, a, he's an interior offensive lineman in the league. No, he was a, he was a guard at Mississippi State. Okay, well, that I was going to take Martinez Rankin, but that's what I'm taking. <laughs> Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the inaugural Kent Hull Trophy winner, if I recall. 
Why did I think he was? I had I missed him by four years. I don't know where my time went. He, I think he might have redshirted in 09, but he started either as a true freshman or redshirt freshman. It was the starter from from 2010 through 2013. Well, that's him. That's him. Um, I was again. I was gonna. For some reason, I thought Gabe Jackson was seven was seven eight nine was his years, but I don't know why I thought that. Uh, well, and Rankin was a tackle anyway. I think he, I know he had a couple games at guard, but like he started like the majority Rankin of 2016. Yeah. The majority of 2016 and then throughout 2017, he was the starting left tackle, I okay. believe. Um, there, there, I was looking at this because I, he, I thought of, I, I thought we were going to take uh, when he played Martinez Rankin. Um, what was that? I think they slid him inside at the next level, though. They, they might have. I, I know that uh, just I was looking at when I thought we were going to take like offensive line units and we mm-hmm. were going to go like a year by year. The offensive line year I was actually going to take was 2016. It's really? overlooked because of the way that's the way that season played out. You paused. Yeah, that 2016 offensive line like gets overlooked because when I like again when I was prepping I thought we were taking full units. So the starting lineup was Martinez Rankin, Devin Desper. Uh, Jamal Claiborne, Deion Calhoun, and Justin Sr. And then you had Eldon Jenkins, who, like, started the year off as uh, one of the tackles before moving inside uh, when there was a few entries on the line. So, like, Eldon Jenkins was, like, the sixth guy on that offensive line moving around. But he started some. They paved the way 5.63 yards per rush um, and allowed on 429 total dropbacks, only 50 pressures the entire season between the sacks allowed and the pressure's allowed. And part of that's a product of, of Nick Fitzgerald being mobile, but – Some of that, for sure. But, I mean, keep in mind how often MSU has had a mobile quarterback. Right. Like, and, like, under the Dak, reason you, The reason you – I would say that it's not a product of being mobile so much of if Nick Fitzgerald's first, maybe second read wasn't there, he's running. That is totally fair, and I, I didn't consider that point. But, like, it is worth saying, like, they – it's crazy because, like, 2016, and this is what sparked always run, never pass, 429 plays that were supposed to be passing plays, like total drop. And I guess that's not even including the plays where Fitz scrambled. Mm-hmm. Um, but between, like, most of the call passes, 429 dropbacks, that number went down to 366 in 2017 and then 348 in 2018. Um, like, we were throwing the ball way too much for that team. But even when we did, and you're right, because Fitzgerald was able to evade pressure or would just take off and run, but they didn't allow a lot of pressures. And then even the next season, uh, like I mean, they allowed 13 sacks the entirety of 2017 with largely like a, a pretty similar offensive line or a lot of the same key guys. So, and like, I mean, you had Justin Senior was a sixth round draft pick, but obviously Martinez Rankin went on to be draft, uh, drafted. And then you had Elton Jenkins, who of course is on my team, is like a big time guy who was a rotational piece on that line. I that mean, was a sneaky the, good. The reason that team sucked was because of the defense, and namely the defensive coordinator. Yeah, very, that, very much so. That's why. But at I, times we were definitely not running an offense we needed to be running. But once we figured that out, that offense was incredible. Yeah, I mean, the last four uh, games of the year, uh, we were one of the best offensive teams in the country. Nick Fitzgerald led the country in total yards for the last in November. Uh, Aaron oh, yeah. was good. I mean, the last the last four games. That's 55 points in the Egg Bowl, 40-something points against Arkansas. Uh, in a loss. In a loss. I think you had – you might have had, like, your FCS game in there. 
No, the well, the Sanford game was at the end of October, and you scored okay. like fifty something. So I'm in that counting. Game. I'm starting from that game on. That so, I think that was about the time frame that it took place. I mean, you had a big day against Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Like you, you scored. Did that include getting shut out? Well, not shut out, but shut down by Alabama. Um, I guess since we're talking offensive line, I can go ahead and take my offensive tackle. You talked about Martinez Rankin. That would be an option for sure. But I feel like I got to take a first, the other first round offensive tackle of recent years. Give me Derek Sherrod. Obviously, the oh, NFL I career completely didn't, forgot about him. His NFL career didn't pan out. He suffered injuries early on. It just didn't work for him. But he was a part of some really, really good MSU offensive lines and was a great player along them. Again, first-round draft pick. I know the career didn't work out, but, I mean, if you're talking about other strong MSU O-lines, you would like 2010 was right up there. So, like, right on the edge of this, uh, Derek Shaw would be the guy to, the guy to take. All right. Uh, I completely forgot about him. I, 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 was, I mean, I had Cross, so I, it, I didn't need to think about him. I, I was confident I was going to get Cross because I was going to pick him first. I was like, I don't – I was going to pick him first or uh, second. So, with that, uh, my last pick of the day is going to be a cornerback, and uh, it's a pretty obvious pick in my opinion. It's Darius Slay. Darius Slay was not only really, really good here, but has been one of the most consistent uh, players in the league. Uh, I mean, his stats in the league are insane. The fact that he's, for some reason, not talked about in the names of, like, you know, oh, shoot, what's the guy in Los Angeles? Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, when, when Aqib Tlaib was doing his thing, uh, Darius Slay was right along with him and still wasn't getting talked about. It really didn't make sense. I guess, you know, that, well, that's what, you know, playing for the teams that, you, that he played for would do to you. But yeah. there's – I mean, he was in Detroit for forever, so, I mean, that that doesn't help. For sure. Um, yeah, Darius Slay's a fantastic player. He had a great – like, came on slow as a you know, the red shirt uh, – or not – his first year out of JUCO after playing, he, he had some struggles there in 2011. But 2012 really took a big step forward. And, I mean, at times was the better corner on that team. And, obviously, you saw – I mean, when Banks went to the Thorpe Award, but at times he was the better player. And – it ended up being the guy to translate to the NFL. So, yeah, uh, big-time pick there. And finally, for my last pick, and, again, I know that the drama has gone away here at the end because we have our position holes to fill. Uh, but for my edge rusher, I'm going to take Preston Smith. Um, oh, no. oh, that, that – You can't be – you took Montez Sweat. You can't no, be mad. No, no, I can't be mad, but, like, like that is – ugh. <laughs> Taking that is where limiting yourself to two defensive linemen makes me want to cry. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that is what sucks. But like, you know, Preston Smith, obviously a, a really really good bulldog. In that 2014 season, he was the, the top guy along that defensive line. And early in the year, I mean, he had multiple defensive touchdowns, or like he had a he had like a a couple blocks returned for touchdowns. I mean, it uh, it was an incredible year for him as a pass rusher, and he turned that into being an NFL draft pick and has made a really good career uh, as a outside linebacker with the uh, Green Bay Packers. I think he plays outside linebacker. I think there are three, four. Yeah. Um, so he's – that's, again, one of those just really uh, great players that – He's in – Go ahead. Isn't he in – he got traded, didn't he? He's in, he's in Washington now. Is he back in Washington? No, he started off in Washington. But say he went to Washington. He ended up in the back. Washington. Yeah, yeah. I had that backwards. He went to Washington, then came because he used to he used to sack Dak. I remember he sacked Dak. Yes. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, we had that bulldog and bulldog crime um, that every state fan has to tweet about every time it happens. Uh, yeah, I, really strong player for MSU as a pass rusher. Obviously, look, you getting Simmons and Sweat is going to be tough to overcome. I think that alone, having Simmons and Sweat along with Cross, Gabe Jackson, and then, you know, Booby Dixon, Seabump, I feel like you might have, like, the, the, the list of, like, the most beloved. Oh, and Fred Smoot. Mm-hmm. I think you've got, like, the most beloved players ever, so I think you're going to win this thing. Uh, but, I mean, like, the depth of Mississippi State on the defensive line, for Fletcher Cox and Preston Smith to be guys that were, like, the the – the secondary picks for defensive linemen. I still feel really good about my – even though the strength of my defense is like the back half, I feel really strong about my defensive line as well. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think you you might have – I'm familiar with Walt Harris, but I feel like there's some our age that aren't, and that's going to hurt you a little bit. Um, yeah. Overall, I think we drafted a couple really good teams. I think you're probably stronger at receiver for sure. You're stronger at receiver – Probably stronger at linebacker. Yeah, you're you're probably stronger at linebacker than me. Um, but we're gonna run through our rosters real quick, and then we can talk yeah. about a few of the guys we missed. So I'll I'll list mine. You list here. So I'm picking in order that they were picked: interior defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons, offensive tackle Charles Cross, edge rusher Montez Sweat, flex player, offensive player Nick Fitzgerald, linebacker KJ Wright. Wide receiver, Chad Bumpus. Safety, Jonathan Abram. Linebacker, Errol Thompson. Wide receiver, Bear Wilson. Duranio, rest in peace. Quarterback, Tyler Russell. Flex defensive player, Fred Smoot. Running back, Anthony Dixon. Interior offensive lineman, Gabe Jackson. And cornerback, Darius Slay. I, I didn't keep track of the order I took my picks in because uh, I was putting them on, like, a roster. So, I'll just go and, like, down the list. Um, I can just share my screen. Because I wrote them down, I would have I would have just done them by position if I'd have known you were going to. Sorry. Okay, so with my very first pick, I went with a throwback player. I took Eric Molds as my wide receiver, best receiver in MSU history. Uh, then I shored up my offensive line by taking Elton Jenkins, who's obviously a dominant interior offensive lineman right now in the NFL. Then I went with another throwback pick that, again, as Colton mentioned, maybe a bit underrated because he's not a name that as many younger fans know. Walt Harris is my corner. If you're unfamiliar with Walt Harris, go look up his career and please look up his career before you vote on this. Um, then I went with uh, Bernard McKinney as my linebackers, that guy patrolling across the middle. Uh, I went, went ahead and took my defensive flex. I got Jonathan Banks as a guy, as another piece in that secondary. Obviously, MSU's only Thorpe Award winner, uh, third round draft pick, could play safety, could play uh, defensive back, also a really good return uh, or corner, could also be a really good return man. Second wide receiver off the board, I went with Fred Ross. Um, really one of the more consistent guys MSU has had as a reliable target across the middle. Went with Nico Whitley at safety, give me a hard-hitting guy on the back end who's also really good at, you know, frankly, I mean, he's not just a hard hitter. He was also a ball hawk. Um, Willie Gay is my second linebacker to have a big athletic guy on the outside who can really do a little bit of everything um, from that outside linebacker position. Will Rogers, when is my quarterback? Uh, I I, I talked about it. I really like his ability as a passer that I think a lot of people gets overlooked just because of the offense he gets played in. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he has some sneaky mobility as well. So I was big on that, taking him as my QB. Offensive flex, Jamie on Lewis. Again, one of the a receiver who could do a little bit of everything. He's a really good with uh, on those some of those trick plays and also being a guy's like jet sweeps, quick screens, 
taking just direct handoffs in the option game. Really good player there. Uh, and then Fletcher Cox is my interior defensive lineman. Again, one of the top D linemen in MSU history, one of the top guys in the NFL. Kylan Hill is my running back um, just because of the talent level and his ability with, you know, the combination of power, speed, and receiving threat. Uh, Derek Sherrod as my offensive tackle, uh, first-round draft pick, uh, anchor for a lot of really good MSU offensive lines. And then ended things with Preston Smith as my edge rusher. Of course, was dominant for Mississippi State in 2014 and has made, since made an incredible career in the NFL with the Washington football, I guess Washington Redskins and now Green Bay Packers. Yeah, he was it was still the still the skin of the back then. I don't know how I got that so backwards. But yeah, All here right, we so, we're ready. Well, go ahead. We're gonna uh let the people we need to put together a good graphic to put oh, these out. I got a guy. I and got like a we, guy. I think like you highlight on like we probably should make a highlight for the throwback guys. Like we'll, yeah. we we can discuss this afterwards, um, so that we're we, gonna we don't bore people with the what we're doing. Gonna put on the graphic. We'll discuss it. We'll discuss it, and then um, th- I want y'all all of y'all to go and vote. Vote whose rock is gonna be better. We'll do a Twitter poll. It'll be set up nice and nice and neat. Uh, we'll have a good graphic so y'all can read these 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 two uh, different teams. I want y'all to really think, you know, and that's, this isn't just me trying to throw Andrew a bone in some of these cases. Which team do you think would win? Don't just pick, you know, which team has all all the, the, the your favorite players on it or which team has the most NFL guys on it. I want you to vote which – who would win if they're going head-to-head. I, I swear I'm not – like, you're pointing that – I swear I'm not saying it just because it's my team. I love my lineup. Like, I – like the only thing I would have liked more is if I could have gotten either swim, Simmons or Sweat. If I could have gotten one of those two, I would have liked it a, a, a bit more. But I really like my lineup. I, I definitely think like the the fan. There's so many fan favorites on your side, uh, which like hey, it is what it is. if you win, you win. That's no big deal. I mean, like um, so like there's fan favorites, but there's there's already- really good players for sure. I mean, I'm not gonna debate that. I mean, to me, like I took as many chances as I could. Regard, I, I didn't think more I think you thought more about how they'd fit together and I thought more of can I can, can I get the best player at Mississippi State history or best player possible in this position uh and and make them fit you know later that's like, totally fair I, I did try to build my team a little bit uh with like taking different strengths together and how like based on the type of offense I want to run here um but I mean like you've got the best pass rushing duo in MSU history you have two like not just great, but also beloved offensive linemen who are like that's a the left side of your offensive line is loaded. Um, you have a great running back in Booby Dixon, uh, a couple really good receivers, um, and obviously, I mean Fred Smoot's going to lock things down on the back end. So, and you got a big time hard hitter in Jonathan David. You got a really really good team for right. sure. I'm a, uh, I think you, I'm a little. I'd give you the edge in quarterback, receiver, and linebacker, and then I think I'd take it in. On, on on up front on both sides of the ball, running back. I mean, there's one position there, and uh, I think back end. Back end's close. I know you love your back end, but I mean, we got Abram back there and Smoot. Because let's see, yeah, I think back end be close. I mean, so you got a comparison with Smoot and Harris, easy. For sure. Uh, do we want to go through like some of the notables that we? Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I can't believe that Chris Jones and Pernell McPhee, you know, aren't on this board. Uh, Martinez Rankin, we already mentioned. Ladarius Perkins and Vic Ballard. I love Vic Ballard. Absolutely love him. 
Uh, when was Derek Pegues' senior year? Was it 07? Would he have been – I don't know for sure. Like, I think probably 07, I don't 07, think 08. I don't think he was eligible for this, but that was a five-star player on the back end and a returner. I mean, we don't – we've yeah. only had seven five-stars in history, and that's one of them. So, when you were talking throwback running back, because I completely forgot we had talked about Anthony Dixon, I thought you were going to take Jarius Norwood. Um, I, I, I should – maybe – you could argue that I should have, but I was – in terms of tangible production, you know, Jarris Norwood was uh, trying to think of a good metaphor here. Was the lipstick on the pig? For sure. <laughs> Which, I mean, Booby Dixon was that for a few years as well. He was. He, um, was. he was. Now, I mean, you mentioned Makai Polk as another receiver. Just the numbers he put up and the consistency would be a guy to consider there. Uh, at linebacker, D.D. Lewis, college football Hall of Famer, um, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, two-time Super Bowl champion, um, he, like first-team All-American, really, really, really good player. It's just one of those deals where, like, I, I felt this, like I thought I thought it's like secondary was where I, I was tempted to take him as my outside linebacker, but I thought secondary was where I needed to make a move more mm-hmm. and get a guy. So I went with Walt Harris. Um, gotta you gotta use those. You got to use those uh, throwback players in positions where you're weak. Or, For or sure. Historically, but there wasn't a ton. Like you know, I thought safety was a weak position, but you only need one, and Jonathan Abram is, is is perfectly good enough. So speaking of safety, the player that I was going to take before you, I because I completely forgot Nico Whitley, uh, was Mark McLaurin. Yeah, I was thinking about him too. I was thinking I, about really, really underrated player yeah. at Mississippi State. Um, he off the Heisman Trophy winner three times in the uh, 2017 Tech Slayer Bowl. Yeah, he – outstanding player on some really good MSU defenses that didn't always get the shine because of some of the guys who was around him. But, like, he was one of the more consistent guys, consistently one of the leading tacklers on those teams. Uh, liked him a lot. Um, I mean, look, you, defensive line, obviously, you could have named any number of guys. Yeah, offensive line, you know, Porkchop Womack would have been a guy to look at if you wanted a throwback player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, we th- this was a lot of fun putting together. Oh, uh, Johnny Cooks is another linebacker. If you wanted to do another throwback, was was a guy you could have looked at for sure. I mean, I named, I mentioned Richie Brown. I mentioned, uh, I mean, I, I thought about Ty Wheat as as a good. I mean, as far as versatility goes, and and as uh, turnovers, you know, forced fumbles, interceptions. I mean, that that's a, a big name. Uh, and he's he's also versatile. Like he could he could put his hand in the ground. Uh, he could stand up, play defensive end. He could uh, play linebacker. That's another and uh, and maybe after this year he'll be a guy that uh, <laughs> that is a must take in when in these types of scenarios. Yeah, I know we're running long here, but like like that, that was something to cross. Like the only players we took that are from the last, like just played were Rodgers and Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, what are players currently on the roster that you look at and you think? Could like impact in like I had Makai Polk listed him on the depth of the as an option. I yeah. mean, I think Jaden Wally would move into that. Jaden Wally, uh, and if you do this in three years or four years, Rob Rob Thomas, maybe yeah. maybe talent wise, he isn't exactly a Fred Ross or Eric Moles, but numbers wise, he's going to shatter those records if he's healthy. Um, Tyrus Wheat is interesting. Um, I think Jet Johnson is probably going to become one of those guys that just pe- Bulldog fans really love. Emmanuel Forbes. 
Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, you could have taken Emmanuel Forbes, but I mean, you you just got Slay and Banks. That's the thing. Yeah. If you don't have Slay and Banks, Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson too. Heck, I mean, I, well, I thought right. about Emerson. I had Emerson on my on my board as a flex player. Uh, Tulu Griffin would would be someone to look because like, we're doing returners. It would I would have I would have what I would have done was taken Bumpus as a returner and picked another receiver, or I would have taken Lewis as a returner. Jamie Lewis as a returner and picked another receiver. But Tulu is probably you could argue as good or better a returner as those, but not as good or better an offensive player yet. All right, so those are our teams. Uh, we're going to put something together so you guys can vote on this for tomorrow. Um, this was a lot of fun, talking through a lot of all-time great Bulldogs and kind of reminiscing from our time as fans, but, of course, bringing up some some guys that, you know, the older crowd will certainly remember as well. Um, yeah, there's something I've actually thought about for a long time. It was like a fun concept to do. So it, it was a lot of fun to be able to put it into practice and right. put together a couple great Bulldog teams. It was fun. Uh, y'all vote. Let us know what you think. Retweet it. Get the word out. We want to know. Until next time, as always, swing your sword and hail state. Hail state.